What are you guys drinking right now? So I am drinking a Lake of Bays Brewing Company's Early Warning ju Juicy IPA. I am um, still drinking the same bottle of wine that I was drinking on Friday night, which is a um, bottle of Shiraz, which is called Kambalala. Uh, James just gets a bottle of wine for every day of the week. I am drinking a Brewdog Punk AF. Um, I, know, I know it is Wednesday for you, dear listener, but it's still Friday evening for us. Uh, so if we're really confused and time doesn't make sense, that's why. And, and I apologise in advance. But welcome to a special episode uh, talking about stupid James Bailey's latest evil plan, which is the Herd Club Championships. James, tell us what it is. So uh, the Herd Club Championship, or HCC, is a culmination of sheer evil, um, which will basically culminate in your first efforts across four different race events. So we have, um, at the weekend, we've got the um, Herd Summer Racing League, followed by the Herd of Mountain Goats, which is our climbing series, followed by the, um, the Stampede, which is our individual time trial event, followed by uh, the Bullseye, which is our um, first over-the-line multi-lap points race. And I believe Craig has some thoughts on the individual routes that I've chosen. Oh, do I have thoughts. Goody, and, goody. Uh, I, I mean, James, the... Uh... So I know the before we the jump original... to that, Craig. I don't. I, I hate to cut off it. I love cutting off your thoughts. Let's just. What are the routes? Let's run through those, and then let's understand how it's scored, and then let's tell James how stupid it is. Okay. So the uh, the herd summer racing league, or so that's probably is uh, Chomper. So that is one of the new McCurry Island routes. It is a mix of tarmac and sorry, dirt. Craig. Did James? Did you? Did Craig go off any of you there? So what? Did, did you lose Craig's uh, bandwidth there? No, that was just uh, you. I did, and as I'm recording, uh, that is a problem. So, Craig, tell us about the routes. So the first route, the Herd Summer Racing League, is going to be Chain Chomper. Um, so that's one of the new McCurry Island routes, and it is a mix of tarmac and gravel. So it's three laps. There's three primes per lap. Two of the primes are tarmac, one is gravel. Um, I am very interested in this course, um, but I'm going to leave that for now. And jump to the Herd of Mountain Goats course is going to be Ventop, which is the most evil thing James could have done. Um, and then uh, we've got and the individual time trial, the stampede in that route is the volcano climb after party, which I think it might be the first James race I've, I ever rode was on that same course. Um, and uh, that's going to be interesting. I, I, that is a genuinely intriguing individual time trial course. Um, and then the finale, and I'm very I'm very interested, and I think it's going to be an exciting race that, uh, James, you chose to make the bullseye the finale of the uh, club championships. So that route is going to be the Queen's Highway. And uh, for everybody that did Herd Summer Racing League uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, and did the uh, the uh, the Dutch route that we did two weeks ago, uh, this is the opposite way around. 
So that that that, that was uh, Dutch estate, but it yes, um, as as you mentioned, uh, Queen's Highway is the entire opposite. Uh, cool. So James, how's it going to be scored? Obviously, we've got Summer Racing League, which is uh, a points-based race, is how we determine the results based on the primes and our GC position. We've then got two rides which are time-based. Uh, it's just the fast first cross the line GC. Uh, and then we finish with the result uh, with a race that is purely points-based. Um, again, worked out on your first. Uh, your time across the banner or your position across the banner in the bullseye. Yep. So um, I'll, I'll start off with the two easy ones. Um, so Mountain Goats and Stampede are both going to be time based across all of the events for that series. So um, every event of the Mountain Goats, all the times will be collated and they'll be scored fastest to slowest um, and the same with the Stampede. So the, the fastest time will get 100 points um uh, second fastest will get 99 third fastest will get 98 and so on and so forth so what if that, more than 100 people enter then some people will not score points and to those people i apologize um the slightly more complicated one so the um summer racing league and the bullseye so obviously in each of those two events you score points based on the, the prime so in the summer racing league they're um fastest through second points for the two koms and the sprints in the cha chain chomper um, as well as the bonus points you'll get for your position over the finish line, whereas Bullseye um, will be, um, you, you score points based on your position over the line each lap. Um, there will be up to 50 championship points on offer, and they are based on your performance against other herd riders. So if, um, let's say, there are two herd riders who finish in front of you, um, so one of them comes second, one of them comes fifth, and you come eighth, you will score 48 points for being the third best points haul of the herd riders. So and that's it, in each individual ride. So if we in do each individual ride. number one, then we, we'd score that. If Becca, Brent and Chris did bullseye number two, they would score based on their positions in that race. We're not yeah. competing. So that, that is determined by each individual each individual event, whereas the Mountain Goats and the Stampede is across all the events for that um, race series. So really, it's encouraging people to do that last event, um, particularly because it's going to be easier to get points in the Herd Summer Racing League and the Bullseye, yeah. um, because there's more there's more opportunity. The, the, the field is going to be spread thinner. If we're adding everyone together, there's probably going to be more than 100, so I look forward to scoring no points on those maybe not even entering them um so to be fair on that point um i don't think we've ever had more than 100 people in a category across the stampede um probably in the hurtum racing league um but with, with um mountain goats and stampede i <laughs> Definitely in Stampede, we haven't had more than 100 people in, in the category over um, the, the five events we run. Maybe on Mountain Goats, probably not. So I, if, if anyone doesn't score any points, I think the number of those people is going to be very, very low. Challenge accepted. Yeah. Prove so me James, wrong. I'll be very happy. So, James, I do think 
you will have i i fully expect that for all three of mountain goats stampede and bullseye these will be some of the best attended events you've ever had um yeah because... so we have 456 c's uh in the herd for example so there is there is the potential but bring it put on us in, put, um, put us into context steve so we have 7200 plus members in the herd racing league um so in theory these should all be people who either race like the idea of racing or want to race um and for the swift racing league signups i have 356 mm-hmm. so we, we may well have 500 odd C's, but I will be very surprised if we get more than 100 turning up to one event. Mm-hmm. Prove me wrong, people. There we go. Prove Bailey wrong. Uh, something, music to all our ears. So we talked about the points, we talked about the routes. Let's break those routes down a little bit more. So let's start with the Herds of a Racing League route, which is going to be Craig. Chain Chomper. And uh, so... This is a pretty new course. Um, now, James, you did have it scheduled in Shiri Series 2 in the HSRL points format. Um, that did was, happen. Yes. Was that two laps on that one? It was two laps. Yeah. So this one's going to be three laps. So there's a little bit of a difference there. Um, so it's the Country Sprint, the Castle KOM, and the Temple Reverse KOM. Is that correct? Yep. So... The Temple Reverse is shorter than the Temple KOM. Um, and that's the dirt bit. But you go back down the Temple KOM. Um, the I, I think we, we, we've definitely talked about it a lot uh, and about this course. The I think the accepted view is it's not worth a bike swap for your time around the course it might be worth a bike swap for your time up the temple kom actually it definitely is worth a bike swap if you only care about your time on the kom on the segments um so it's it's very much the balance between those two things and i I think you've got to go gravel bike on this because i think where uh, the question is where are you going to be going all out and it's up that climb um, and that's where you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have to work so hard if you're not on a gravel bike to stay with the people who are on the gravel bikes. I so, don't think you win that back on the on the way around. So I, I I think that depends entirely on where in the field you are. If you are top end of your category, um, full on aero is absolutely the best way to do it because you've got the country sprint, you've got the um, the castle KOM. And, and then you've got the, um, the temple come reverse. Um, so I, I, I think over the course of the lap, the your full-on road um, aero is going to be quicker than taking um, a, a gravel bike because you're going to lose time on the tarmac on the gravel. Yes, you're going to make up a bit of time on the, um, the, the, the dirt section. But if you are just going for the primes, then yes, full on aero for uh, country sprint, um, castle com, then bike change probably to mountain bike um, to um, hammer the, um, the the temple KOM. Um, 
but you need to bear in mind that there are points on offer for um, the your finishing position. So GC will definitely play a part. So over three laps, so that's 450. So there'll be probably 150 points on offer for your finishing position as well. So it depends where you are in the field. Um, if, if you're likely to be mid or towards back of the pack, then um, a bike swap's an option to um, hammer that prime to try and pick up a few positions. Yeah, and that's that, that's really the thing. I mean, so it's if you're if you really think you're faster than the group you're in, you can pull the bike swap even if they don't. Um, absolutely hammer the prime. You'll you'll make up some time on the downhill. That's dirt as well. Um, if you are managed to go by them and they don't draft you, then you have time for a, dra a, a bike swap. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to draft you on that downhill. You're not you're not going to make up enough time to put in a bike swap. So, as far as pure position and lap time, it, it's the bike swap doesn't work. Um, but if you have a bit of a buffer around you, the bike swap works for the primes. So it's it's very much a reactive to what your what your own situation is within the race and where people are around you. And it's a so I think it's it's an absolutely brilliant uh, race to have in the herd championship for that reason. So. I'm, uh, I, I, I guess my question is, Craig, and this is where I'm still confused on this, is that, so I'm considering, we're going to have very evenly categorised races here. So let's have Craig Martin racing against Craig Martin. You're going to put your big effort in on the longest climb, which is the gravel climb. How many seconds ahead of Craig Martin on his all-round bike is Craig Martin on his gravel bike going to be? And how much of an effort does Craig Martin and his all-round bike then have to put in to catch gravel bike Craig Martin on the descent where you're not scoring any points, Mike? So the problem is gravel bike Craig Martin is going to be complete way, way, way behind long before that because the gravel bike doesn't go as fast on the, on the tarmac. It doesn't go as fast through the sprint. It doesn't go as fast up the castle KOM. Um, so that, that's the problem. And that's why I'm saying it's road bike until you have until you're in a situation to swap for a uh, for the gravel bike or mountain bike for the climb itself so that's to me that's that's the plan the plan is your best arrow or the tron um hammer the sprint hammer the castle kom and then you've got the if you're in a group you want to stay with that group. So if a bunch of people in the group stop and do a bike change before the start of the, uh, of the segment, maybe you could consider it at that point. But if nobody else, if nobody does, you stay with the group, the group's going to, the group is going to make a big difference. I think um, even if like you're in the front group and half of them decide to um, stop and do a bike change, I'd be saying, yeah, let them see if they can catch me. Um, I, I would still think that in the course of a race, if you're in the front group and some people decide to do a bike swap, they are not going to catch you back, even on the downhill. No, I, I, I think that's correct, James. I, I, it's 
the only time the only time you're going to do a bike swap is if there's a gap in front and behind of you. Yeah, um, 100% agree. So if you're not in a group anyway, um, do the bike swap, hammer that prime, and then hopefully you end up in a group before the sprint. Cool. So let's move on to the next event, the Head of Mountain Goats uh, up Von Top. Uh, it's not very sophisticated. It's really dull. You basically time trial your way to the top. You can't really draft people. Pick your best climbing bike. Uh, anyone want to add anything to that? Uh, so my notes on this are: this is the climb. It's steep hmm. and long. Good luck. All the my, I think the, the best recommendation, and James, you can jump in in a sec. When we did this uh, as the finale to the Herd Summer Racing League last year, is it's all about pacing. Um, so James and I raced and we were almost the last two riders in the field at the bottom of the climb and we just sat at a tempo so I, I remember sitting at 3.4 watts per kilogram the whole way up and I did it in just under 90 minutes and I was whooping and hollering beating riders up there that I'd normally get smashed by on the road because they'd gone really hard at the start trying to make a race out of it, help each other out, and they'd just collapse. So it, it is basically an uphill time trial, this one. Yeah, and, and I think uh, we were both racing being in the same race. And I, I think when we got to the start of the actual KOM, and, and you have to do a bit of climbing just to even get to the start, um, that I, I think I was about 75th position. Um and I end up finishing about 38th, I think, um, just from not going mental at the start. Like, and there, there were people going out at the start at like five, six watts a kilo. Why would you do that when you've got an hour and a half climb pretty much as soon as you turn right? Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely with Steve. Um, pace it. Um, have an idea of what you can do for 90, 90 minutes to two hours. Um, and pace it properly don't get carried away at the start yes it is a swift race but you don't need to go out at 10 watts a kilo just um hold what you can do for that period of time and you will do an awful lot better than people who go off hard early so uh just on that recap of uh the last time we raced ben top in one of james's races uh, steve you did pound me on that race did i fly me um, other other tips I will give you, and it's less applicable on Von Top because it's strangely a more consistent climb. But one I've definitely learned from trying to do the Alp faster is that you've got to watch out for when the gradient falls off because you'll sit there in the same gear and your watt strap ma drop massively. And if anything, you want to go slightly harder on the flat bits because you get more of a speed gain. Oh, that's that's Craig is shaking his head. Eric has proven this. You go harder no. on the flat bits because you go faster. Oh, you my internet has played up with you, Craig. Please, please start again with your objection. <laughs> you go hardest. You go hardest on the, or you sorry. You go hardest on the steepest bits. You go the hardest when you're going the slowest. Slowest. Um, that's that, that. That's what it is. Um, however, yeah, you, you do want to make sure that you don't. Your speed doesn't drop too much. And or your power doesn't drop too much going around those flat bits. So yes, you have a point, but most power when you're going slowest. Cool. So Craig broke up loads there. Uh, what I heard was him saying Steve is right a lot. Um, 
So moving. No, no, on. no one ever hears Steve is right. <laughs> Uh, what, what what Craig was saying, and yes, um, no, he, he was his internet up, yeah. I'm just doing a funny, James. His internet didn't go that bad. So on oh. that moves on to the the actual time trial, um, which is on Volcano Climb After Party. So pr- pretty flat round uh, the island, and then you hit the Volcano Climb and go up for seven to nine minutes. So. Craig, I'm sorry, I'm jumping in and probably like stealing your thunder a bit. Um, you, you'll go around the. Um, Watopia volcano flat route twice before doing the same route the third time, but you don't go all the way around the volcano. This time you go up it on the third time round. I love this route. I, I think it's brilliant, um, and I think for an individual time trial, it's super because you've got the gut. You've got your uh, your um, watt bomb guys. who will be like chucking down three hundred plus watts the whole way round bringing up a bit of a lead on the uh, for guys who are a bit lighter and can't hold those watts, and then they start to come back. And can they come back enough to get over the top of the volcano with enough of a gap to be able to hold on on the descent to the finish line? Doesn't this finish at the top of the climb? I think it, this finishes it, at the top of the climb, It James. does finish at the top of the climb, so you don't need to worry about making that gap. You just need to finish in front of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so again, this is all pacing. Um, as Craig says, you want to be able to go your fastest when the riding is hardest. That's going to be up the climb. Um, however, it's not that steep a climb, so it, it's going to be. It's a really fun ride. It's a, it's a really good one for the all rounder. This. Yeah. So I guess uh, when I look at when I looked at this one, and I looked at it for because I haven't raced this in a long time, um, and, and I looked at it, and like you know, this is it's a little different but conceptually it, it fits into the arguments we have about Bologna TT um, where there's a there's a big long flat part and then we have a climb at the end and it's really flat I mean there's a compared to Bologna TT there's a few more um, you know little kickers and stuff that we're gonna have to surge on but it's mostly flat for most of the race and then there's a, a pretty sizable climb at the end and i mean funny enough it's the same length of climb as bologna tt but it's definitely more more about as far as bike choice and all that it's more about aero than uh, bologna is so yeah it's to me it's it's definitely your best aero tt bike and uh yeah that's that's that um yeah, it, this is entirely an exercise on race planning and how hard do I go to be able to then still do be, be able to do my best on the volcano climb. Yeah, it's really tricky. This so Bologna, it's about half and half the time, um, the time you spend on the flat versus the time you spend on the climb. In this one, you're going to do 36 k's on the flat, so you're spending a good 45 minutes maybe on actually, the flat before you I'm, then go uphill. I'm actually, um, I'm actually very impressed that you've researched this to that level that you know it's 36k before we start climbing. But um, yeah, so um, going back to Craig's point about um, Bologna. So Bologna is a very, very straightforward, or I, I say very, very straightforward. It's a very, very painful, but very straightforward equation that you generally want to do 90% on the flat and 110 on on the climb. Whereas on this, you probably want to do more like 
probably 95 to 98 percent on the flat and then try and do 105 to 110 on the actual climb um i love summit finishes and i love the after party routes and this is a great one just because the volcano is not the steepest in the whole world but it, it's a really solid effort that's probably going to take you seven six seven minutes if you're really really fast um seven to ten if you're not an a um but yeah no i i i, I love the volcano climb um and i think having two and a half laps of flat before it is a really great leveler for all types of rider and this, and this is where i disagree slightly with the bologna equation so i think this is going to come down to more where are you fast so like you said you guys who push big watts out there's probably more to be gained by them going faster on the flat which is where because we know watts come into play on the flat to make you go faster and the guys that are lighter don't push out as many watts that they probably want to save a bit more for the climb because you know your watts per kilo are going to have more to play there so yeah it's a really interesting one almost worth a kind of couple of scouting rides to work out how you're going to ride it um this one because i i don't think there is a straightforward equation on it it's it's a fun route i'm looking forward to it which brings us on to the bullseye yes so this is as we said the reverse of the route we did so we did the long sprint um at the top of the hill um but uh it's, it's still a pretty flat route, although it is, for saying it's a pretty flat route, there's still some quite punchy climbs in it. Um, it's your best aero bike, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And uh, But I think what's interesting about this direction is that it's, def- it's uphill to the banner, and it's mostly uphill for quite a ways to the banner. So... Um, which I guess it is in the other direction as well, but the uphill right at the banner is steeper. Um, it, and definitely bullseye compared to HSRL that we did in Dutchie Estate a couple of weeks ago. Um, in, in being first across the banner, it definitely gives people that are not as punchy uh, a little more of a chance. And I, I know, Steve, this is your big complaint about HSRL. Um, it, uh, yeah, you, you can go a little earlier it rewards, but so I think the other problem though is that it definitely rewards people in the front group for attacking and thinning out their group. So I think it's going to be really interesting. I I think in making this a club championship, we're hopefully going to get a lot more people in each race than we normally do. Um, definitely, and I think I didn't mention this when we talked about HSRL, but. I'm hoping that, uh, you know, people looking for the smaller race and I think I, and looking for trying to space out the, their races, uh, over the, uh, the whole of the club championships, I'm hoping it all evens out and we end up with, you know, a a good field in each, in each bracket or each time slot, but uh, we'll see what happens. I, I, I think that will be lovely, but I, I still expect comfortably the largest numbers in the um, European evening slot. It, yeah, no, I, I, I know James, and I, I'm probably going to do that uh, that 8 p.m. for me slot, and it's probably going to be the smallest race. 
but uh, I mean, it's the one that works for me on weeknights. So yeah, exactly. And and realistically, at the end of the day, um, the the multiple slots are there for convenience for everyone. Like, um, I I don't expect people to be able to race at two o'clock in the afternoon in the US or eleven o'clock on the Pacific Coast, um, just just to take part in that uh, one event that happens in Europe at seven o'clock in the evening. So, um, I, I think. Yes, that, that there are advantages to be had by doing the quieter races, but it's the, the best of a bad situation. So as we've said, the, the bullseye is one of the lesser attended races. So I think it's really important to go over the rules of the race. Um, people who've done ZRL will be familiar, but it is the first across the line on each lap. And I think this is what you're mentioning, Craig. It does play into some different tactics. And on uh, the opposite course to this one, the other way around, I remember having a great race against Oyan in the Seas, who could beat me not even nine times out of ten, pretty much ten times out of ten in the sprint. But because of the rules, it was first across the line. I would attack him on the hill and basically make it a one-kilometer sprint every time, knowing that I could beat him up the hill over that kilometer, and then he would catch me up on the top because he'd sprint that bit just to catch up to me. So. There are some opportunities for slightly different tactics on this, which is what I think makes the bullseye particularly fun on this type of route. Yeah, I'd absolutely agree. And I will say, um, I definitely wouldn't want to attempt that uh, one kilometer sprint against uh, Orjan anymore. Um, so he's uh, he's gotten a lot, uh, a lot more fit. But uh, yeah, it's it leaves open a lot more opportunities and I have seen somebody win a bullseye with a banner attack and then winning several laps by attacking the banner. And then there were a number of us that uh, just, I had been the guy, he had done the banner attack four or five laps in a row. I'd said, I chased it every time and the guys had come with me. I said somebody else chase and they didn't chase and the guy ended up winning the race because of it. So um, yeah, there's a lot of really interesting tactics in bullseye. Cool. So that, that's the rides. Uh, do we want to talk about kind of uh, not pacing, but kind of effort-based strategies? So are we going to try and space out our efforts through the week? Uh, obviously you've got kind of Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, all quite close to each other um, with three events in that time, haven't we? So how are we thinking? Are we spacing it out or are we going to... Not, not pacing, but spacing. Um, I am looking to generate as many rest days as possible. So I'll be doing Friday um, Summer Racing League, um, Sunday Mountain Goats, Monday Stampede, Wednesday Bullseye. Yeah, so I guess uh, I was looking, and this is where there's all these options with all these time slots. Um, so I probably won't be able to do HSRL on Friday, so I'm probably doing it Saturday. Um, and I was actually definitely thinking about actually doing this, the race one stampede and doing it before the Mountain Goats race um, to then after post uh, Ventop give me a rest day. So that's one that's really interesting that you can sequence them a little bit as well. Um, now, I, I'm not sure that's the best thing for me. Uh, maybe I need to be, be fresher for uh, Ventop than I do for uh, Volcano Calm After Party. So I, I haven't really looked at it. 
100%, but I, I have looked and seen that both options are there. Um, so the other thing is, and James, you mentioned it, that you want to do the uh, Friday HSRL. Um, so I think a lot of people are going to do that. Um, and then I guess the, the question becomes, then is it more advantageous to do the Saturday HSRL because so many people have done Friday? So it's uh, you, that can play out as well. So I, I think it's uh, figure out when you're going to race, when you can race, race. And I, I think, uh, I don't think whenever you're going to race, you're going to be at a huge disadvantage. I think there's, there's trade-offs for whenever you're going to race. Yeah, as I do the, the race seven HSRL because nobody's in it and treat it like a, uh, an endurance ride, I will feel incredibly smug. Uh. <laughs> Or you could you could do uh, race seven HSRL as your warm up for that evening's stampede. Yes, yes. It's going to have to be a pretty long warm up. <laughs> <laughs> There's like um, four and a half hours between them. <laughs> yeah, that's a warm up. That's a warm up. <laughs> yeah, and that's definitely where um, I, I think even more than that HSRL on uh, Chain Chomper. I think the uh, the two TTs, because essentially the Ventop mm -hmm. is a TT, I think those two are definitely going to interfere with each other. Um, and that's where whichever one you do first, there, there's a little bit of, do you go absolutely to the bottom of the well or not? Um, are you going to be able to recover to be able to do the other one? So There's also there's, the most points available for those two events. So, Yeah. Well, this yep. is going to be interesting to see how it plays out because, in a way, it's also the least points available. Um, so, if we have yep. a field of if we have a field of a hundred, they're all going to count for the uh, for the mountain goats and the TT. If that field of a hundred is split seven ways, I, there's kind of more points for if I finish last in all events, I'm, I'm getting more points in the bullseye and in the uh, and in summer racing league. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. to, it's a it's a fine balance. There's going to be some some uh, start time strategies here, isn't there? <laughs> Definitely. We shall see. Well, nice one, folks. I think that's a really good roundup. Uh, hope everyone enjoys the herd club championships. I think big plug from us to get on Discord. It'd be great to just have a really busy Discord channel. Everyone's going to be doing the same ride. Everyone's going to be suffering. It's going to be fun. Uh, we can you can even try announcing tactics. Uh, like Craig says, hey, who wants to do a banner attack with me? Uh, so, yeah, get on Discord when we do it. We'll all be there when we're riding on it. So, and, and hope to see many of you there as well. See you all there, folks. See you there.